everybody we're back again with another episode of scaring is sharing the place where we share our scares with each other and you hello jeremy the original sasquatch slim rusk hello brandy joe the flaming scream queen plan back that's us and we're all up in your grill <laughs> i love being all up in a grill that's right up in your shit telling yeah. you about some horror movies we're watching yeah buddy so, Jeremy, first off, got to give some shout outs to some new places listening in to us. Some new <gasps> states. It's my new thing. We got some California, some Illinois, some Maryland, and some Nevada. Ow. And I mean, granted, these these could be our normal listeners who are just on vacation, I think. But still, I, I, we are being listened to in new locations, and I am living for it. Yeah, when new states pop up, man, we're going <laughs> fully national. <laughs> trying to i'm keeping that list going so i'm giving those shout outs and hopes that they keep coming back slightly international sometimes right i saw some other countries pop up yeah occasionally that does happen yeah and also we do have merch which i know we've talked about the last couple episodes and we've had a few more folks buy some merch tess alex ethan and teacher drew all purchased some merch oh yeah so um yeah when you happen to get those you know i would love some pictures to share hashtag scaring and sharing on the insta hit us up we would love that yeah 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 definitely tag us tag us tag us and i also have to just to finalize or close out my analytics portion of the show (laughs) (laughs) i do have to say within one day 24 hours of our last episode, which was Coraline and The Conjuring 2. After 24 hours of that being out, it already has more listens than our previous episode for Veronica. Oh, wow. Not surprising. (laughs) No, it's just weird. You just never know, though, what's going to hit out in the horror verse. Because, Mm -hmm. like, I think when Nick the Knife was on, which is one of our, like, top episodes in regards to listens and downloads. And partially, you know, when we have guests, there's that extra excitement and their own sort of fan base brought into it. But also, I think um possessed possessed why am i possession possession thank you i was like that's not right possession i think was a big reason that episode was so popular which Mm -hmm. is like a cult classic not something talked about a ton but definitely well regarded in the community and it's having a resurgence right now and the resurgence is happening people are finding the r-e-s-p-e-c-t for it and not that anyone should have respect for Veronica, but I, I didn't know if there was that built-in cult cult following for it. And I think there's not. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think it's there yet. I think it's like an in-joke right now for, you know, if you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think it's like hit beyond a really select small group. So yeah, I think most people are just gonna be like at best, like, I heard that was terrible. Yeah, and then probably skip the episode. So <laughs> I'm hundred percent okay with that being our lowest listened to episode of all time. I'm I'm okay with that, and yeah, I that'll be fine. You all even more so for it. That's like the dregs, man. That's the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. 
But you know, when you're dealing with talking about horror movies, you have to go a little bit on both ways. You have to go a little too lofty and like someone trying to be more than just a horror movie. And sometimes you got to go just total trash. Total trash. That's, I mean, that speaks to my aesthetic perfectly where I can go highbrow and I will go lowbrow. So, you know, you I'm are into it. all brows all the time. All brows all the time. You never know <laughs> what I'm going to throw at you. My stage manager for the show I'm doing, the actors, their name is Jasmine. And on the set for like, the set is like my bedroom, my character's bedroom. And Jazz brought in a lot of books for the set. And there is a ton of Stephen King and a ton of Neil Gaiman. So mm. I love that because, you know, at least Stephen King like very much speaks to my aesthetic as a person. So it's like fun to be like, that's what my character reads. But I immediately came in, you know, on, on Friday and said, oh my God, you will, I watched Coraline this week for the first time. And they told me, oh my God, you would not believe what I was for Halloween this year. I was sweet Coraline. <laughs> so they were Coraline, but then they also had, I guess, like these three like lollipops on their um, like yellow rain jacket that said bomb, bomb, bomb. That's awesome. <laughs> and they did not win the costume contest that they were a part of. And they were very upset about that. And I would have voted for them. Yeah, I'll absolutely. Be it after I'd seen the movie, because then I would have respected it more. Yeah. So. Now we're in the cult. So yeah, now we're in the cult. And I think Cor the Coraline episode is going to be fantastic. People are going to listen to that because everyone loves Coraline. Yeah, that's what it sounds like so far. I saw a lot more engagement than we normally do across the social meds of people like I love Coraline and even The Conjuring too. I figure, you know, there's some love for that as well. So I think yeah. we do the sometimes we do the bigger movies and it helps. You know, you got to do what you got to do. That is for sure. But when I see that show, now I'm going to be looking at the books, man. <laughs> yes. I'm yes. going to be like, what Stephen King, what Neil Gaiman's up there? I got to see. Yeah, you Very will. Cool. Very cool. So a funny thing this week, Joe was on Netflix and he's like, why is The Call number one? Do you, Did you ever see this movie? I imagine you didn't with Halle Berry, where she's like a, a dispatcher. Like a I, emergency dispatcher, like a nine one one. Yeah, I didn't see it. I remember. Let me pull it up. Oh, I remember that poster. Yeah, I remember I the, the. I saw it in the theater. The trailer. Yeah, I remember the trailer like being kind of like we just complained about the Morbius trailer. It's like for the past twenty years, this trailer has been playing in front of every movie. Like I remember the call being like advertised out the ass. Yes, it's been uh, playing for 26 years. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen it because it looked like not good. It was fine. It was not great. It was fine. But okay. I know we've talked about this in the past, like with Knock Knock, that Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah. Like all of a yeah. sudden there's like a random movie from so long ago that's number one on Netflix. But the only reason I bring this up is, I mean, it's it's adjacent, it's a thriller, but the best part about this whole thing was I read online, uh, like a few days later, <laughs> Halle Berry tweeted, she said, so The Call is the number one movie on Netflix right now, nearly 10 years after its release. Are y'all okay? <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. That is funny. Apparently it was like World Dispatch Day this week, so oh, people think- so people that perhaps that's why it it, it it peaked at number one, because it's just sort of quickly fallen down. Yeah, that explains it. Yeah, it's weird. My go-to has been, I remember years back, it seemed like every time I turned around, people were like, have you ever seen that old movie, Logan's Run? And like everyone was talking about Logan's Run for some reason. I'm like, yeah, you mean the cheesy science fiction, you know, like 
pre-Hunger Games, Hunger Games kind of thing from like a million years ago. And it was always younger people, you know, like not of the generation when that movie came out. So, you know, it's odd. It's odd. It is odd. Especially in this, the media sphere we live in now with all of like Netflix and stuff like that, you never know what random old movie that's never like, you know, you've never thought of it as being like a cult hit suddenly becomes one because like a bunch of people discover it all at once. It's weird. I also wonder how much of it is not real. Like, I wonder mm. if some company pays Netflix an extra $25,000 so that their movie gets this extra... To boost so, something. Yeah. Like, is it pay to play? Like, how does it happen? Do a, Is there a message board somewhere? Just like how everyone got, I don't remember, something like Bitcoin, one of these companies, GameStop, how yeah. like all those people came together and like created this phenomenon. Like, yeah. does that is happen? That? Is there a call fan base <laughs> message board somewhere? Not on IMDb because they're gone. But is that happening somewhere? Like, how does this yeah. happen? And I want a documentary about it, please. And thank you. A Netflix documentary about the Netflix al algorithms. Mm -hmm. I would watch it in a fucking second. Yeah, and you, yeah, every time, man. Every time I go to the Netflix top, like, movies or whatever, there's always random shit where I'm like, why is this a top movie? Why are we all watching this? <laughs> And one more Netflix piece of news, and then I'm going to shut up. Um, actually, I have two bits, but I'm going to get to them really quick. Did you read that Frank Langella was removed from The Fall of the House of Usher, the new saw Mike Flanagan show for misconduct? I saw that. Rather, a misconduct investigation, but usually that means eh, there is a misconduct. Yeah, some inappropriate behavior. Yeah. Which is too bad. I think too he bad. probably would have been very good as Roderick Usher. I was like, oh, Frank. Ugh. These people, you got to learn. Be better. Yeah. Hashtag be better. be better. And my final bit of news, did you read about Christina Ricci that she's officially in the Wednesday series? I think I heard that, but... Because um, Thora Birch was supposed to be in it and then just like left after filming for a little bit, which Thora Birch, that whole situation, have you heard about her like crazy dad? No. She has like a psychotic father who sounds creepy and weird and gross. He was like her manager. I, I'm just like totally talking out of my ass here. So I may be getting some of these facts wrong. So I'm just prefacing that. Uh -huh. But like there would be weird things when she'd have to like have a nude scene or something and like what him being on set or just like just creepy things. And he, I guess he was like a total asshole. Like mm. just he sounds like a piece of work. And I don't know if he has anything to do with it, but I'm blaming him. But I think because she left, Christina Ricci is now a part of it. And that's okay. just that's just kismet. Yeah. I mean, that works. Yeah. You want Christina Ricci in there. It's like her one of her signature roles is Wednesday Adams, so. And I know lots of people loved Chilling Adventures of Sabrina or whatever the fuck. I am not one of those people. I thought it was pretentious and boring, and I just hope this series is better than that. Yeah, I watched, I started the first season of that and just kind of lost track of it because it didn't keep my interest. Uh, so, sorry, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And like you said, I know a lot of people that are like, it's so good. And I'm like, well, I was I was bored. So I stopped I was so it. bored. And I was just like, like eye rolls, like constantly within 30 minutes. Like my mm -hmm. the top of my head hurt from looking back at it so much. So, yeah, I don't remember any plot details at all other than I was like, oh, I mean, it's cool that they made Sabrina all dark and shit. I'm into that. But it just didn't do anything for me. So. I was so excited about that. Yeah. Quite honestly.
Yeah. Well, let's read some teragrams, and then we can come Wait, back I to have some s- news if you have. Well, okay, I have news. Me. I have Tell news, me. too. Okay, good. Let's do the teragrams. Let's come back to my things. All right. You read yours first. Okay. All the way from uh, Teacher Drew. Teacher Drew. And it goes, hey, guys. I'm happy to say I ordered my merch. I purchased a t-shirt, but because I am anything but basic, I ordered the deluxe edition. I can't wait for it to arrive. Uh, About episode 75, I applaud your movie choices. I am a huge fan of the Conjuring universe. I used the original to introduce my roommate to the genre. Uh, And I think that's that's actually a pretty good entry point. Like, I think the Conjuring movies are... uh, solid ways to get somebody into horror because they're like they're sleek and big budget enough and not necessarily like grueling terror but well done but well done and are legitimately horror like there's not like a lot of comedy getting in the way or you know some other genre sneaking in there I used the original introduced my roommate to the genre he then had to binge all of the others that were streaming. I am one of the few that even like The Conjuring 3. I recognized they were going a different direction, and that perspective made me appreciate it more than most viewers. Now, Coraline is a little more complicated. Like Jeremy, my first watch left me somewhere in the middle of not great, but not horrible. Like Brandy Joe, I thought it's better than Nightmare Before Christmas. I guess it deserves another watch. Since you were curious, my sister was an extra in the disaster movie Dante's Peak. What is your take on that subgenre? Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you. Love, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Teacher Drew, we love you. You're so great. And am I correct? I believe both of our spouses are very fond of disaster flicks. Absolutely. I was going to say, I'm I'm now more versed in the disaster movie subgenre than I'd ever been before meeting my wife so yeah yeah my husband that's one thing he really enjoys go I, I wouldn't say like we go see all of them but there's definitely times where he's like oh i want to see that and it always yes. catches me a little off guard like just because i'm like wait what but i they are fun for the most part he's a big fan of i think like the ogs like the poseidon adventure like those early ones from like yep. the 70s with you know shelly winters and stuff sure yeah and it's, sarah is really like specifically uh into roland emmerich's body of work uh which is all you know cheesy but um that would be what are those that would be independence day okay his godzilla he did um but what what were the ones he did a string of them like all together the day after tomorrow and then 2012 and i feel like there's another one in there but she loves all that's her guilty pleasures is all his stuff um and then, yeah, anytime there's some kind of like I told her, I don't think she's ever seen Dante's Peak. So I'm like, we should watch that because you would probably enjoy that one. Yeah, uh, I've these... not seen it for sure. And uh, I feel like Dante's Peak, uh, back to Teacher Drew bringing that movie it's about up, a like earthquake. I mean, a, a volcano. It's about a volcano. Okay. Uh, that I feel like came out at a time that because Dante's Peak came out and then there was the movie Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones as like the hero in that. And that's about a volcano, like suddenly erupting in Los Angeles. Oh, those came out around the same time. And I feel like there was another volcano movie in there. So like volcanoes were a big deal for a, for a minute, a subgenre within the subgenre of disaster movies. So now what, there was that movie deep impact. And then there was a movie like right around the same time that was Armageddon. 
Armageddon? No. Yeah, yeah. It was Deep Impact and Armageddon came out. Was it? Oh, really I thought there was another one that was way similar to Deep Impact, but that makes sense. Maybe, maybe there was. I just remember the giant asteroid thing all. There was like a bunch of those at once, too. Yep, I think you're right. Yep. Yep, that was uh that was a time. That was like late 90s, I want to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, late 90s. And again, yep, my wife. Yep, 98. Is, is into all these jams. These are her like time waster, like she finds one of the Titanic. She loves Titanic. I guess I would include that in a disaster movie, you know, uh, subgenre. So, uh huh. I've, I've seen all of these more times than I had previously. So, and teacher Drew, if you mean with the conjuring that they're taking things in a different direction, like like a worse direction, I do agree with you. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm wondering. Because I felt like it was very similar to the other ones. I mean, it dealt with like a a trial sort of like there was like the court aspect because I think he's the only person that has like gotten out of his legalities because they said he was possessed or something like there's some aspect to it like that. But it wasn't like a full on like courtroom drama, but I guess a little bit. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's like the route. I just uh, like again, like the other two, and this is no spoiler, but like, I feel like the showdown at the end is like, you know, the thing that they have to tack on to make it like a fun Hollywood movie. And it just feels like, ugh, God, it would be so much better with it without this too ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. See, I liked, I liked what they did with, um, and I say that, but I haven't watched the movie in a long time. And I remember that it's on our list as a possible thing we could do is rewatch this movie. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I like what they did with that, with the courtroom aspect yes, of that, which was so more, good. a little more vague and weird. And yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Teacher Drew, for writing in. And thank you for getting some merch. Can't wait to see it. And I wonder what the premium, it must just be like really soft, like the yeah. softest t-shirt ever. Yeah, the best one. Or is it like a, like a different design of t-shirt? Like, is it the... I don't know. AMSR for your skin. Yeah. (laughs) Double stitch. Is there going to be a Conjuring 4? Do you know? I don't know. I haven't heard. I also didn't like that the third one was called The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It. Like, it's just too long. It's too long of a title. Also, I hate when they do that thing where it's like, the first one's called The Conjuring. The second one is just called The Conjuring 2. Why did you break that naming scheme? It should be The Conjuring (laughs) 3. Like, I mean, it would have been different if it would have been The Conjuring colon the end poltergeist. poltergeist yes yeah that would make more sense but like i hate when they flip it up I, the most or, i have to the bring conjuring up, colon fools rush in that yeah, would have something. been even better <laughs> and i have to bring up since we're talking about like fucked up naming schemes for sequels like the worst of all of them is still the rambo series oh because okay. the first the first movie with stallone about john rambo the character john rambo is called first blood right but the second movie is called uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two. And then, oh. the, and then the third movie is called Rambo Three. Just Rambo Three. And then the fourth movie is called Rambo. That's gross. And it's just like, it's... I, I know movie nerds have always been driven crazy by that. We're like, it's the worst naming scheme like ever for a series of movies. Like, because it makes no sense. Yeah, that is really odd. That's yes. Very, very queer. Yes. But Conjuring 3, uh, did it just do, I feel like it did not 
well when it came out so uh, i don't think it really did but it was also that weird like i think it came out on like hbo max like the same day so i think yeah. it's hard to tell yeah but... what's gonna happen so because I, I don't think i've heard any news about a conjuring four so i'm like did three yeah, kill the, kill that kill the series so it may have yeah it might have it might have done it well thank you again teacher drew and next up we have some messages from ethan i'm going to string them together like they're a telegram. okay so ethan sent over a list of podcasts which i'll read in a moment and said here's a list of my favorite horror pods a decent mix of fiction and non-fiction hope you can find some gems also i'm getting my shirt asap which we as i mentioned earlier he did he said also i've been wondering have you guys been watching cursed films on shutter it's super good the rosemary's baby episode is good but like the worship they give roman polanski is kind of odd like there is no mention of him being a bad guy at all other than that it's been very good and i am excited to check that out mm -hmm. because i really liked the first season but first of all the shows that ethan mentioned first off the gray rooms which we're familiar with. We yeah. know the Grey Rooms, super fun podcast, fiction yeah. podcast, Monsters Among Us, Bleeders Digest, which that just wins for best name. That is I'm, so clever. Bleeders Digest, as a quick side note, um, is um, his stage name is Spider One. Oh. Uh, he's the lead singer of the metal band Power Man 5000 uh, and is also the younger brother of Rob Zombie. Oh God! Uh, and and he lot. he's like one of the guys that created Bleeders Digest. So I follow Spider on uh, social media. Uh, he's a, he's a fun fun character in the metal world. So uh, I've been wanting to check it out. I heard it's very good. So cool. Yeah, that's I just love that name. Next up is one simply called Creepy. Then SCP Archives. Let's not meet. No sleep podcast, which I've heard plenty about. Mm -hmm. Spooked and Darkest Night. So I've only heard of The Grey Rooms, which I have listened to quite a few episodes and it is fantastic, very, very mm -hmm. well produced. And then I've heard of No Sleep Podcast, but that's it. So I appreciate yeah. all of the recs, Ethan. Yeah, very, very cool. And did you watch Cursed Films, the first season? Nope, I heard a lot about it. I always wanted to check it out and just have been, you know, one of the many TV shows that have gone on the list one day, I'll binge through yeah. this and just have never gotten around to it. I yet, mean, so. as a Shudder Ridge, I don't think it's going anywhere. It's not like some Shudder titles yeah. that come in and out, like it's there to stay as long as Shudder yeah. is a thing. So I recently did a Shudder survey, like it was this long ass survey mm. that I got an email about, like, about like, what do you like about it? And you know, what is the best part about the platform? And what don't you like? And it was mm -hmm. fun to do because I really do appreciate Shudder. I just wish that there was an easy way to scroll through all the titles. And I don't think that there really is, quite honestly. So that was my only suggestion. Yeah, I did a uh, I did a Netflix one of those recently did you? where I got a random, you know, customer survey and email. And it really wanted to know what I thought about Bridgerton. Oh, <laughs> asked that like a million times. And I'm like, Do you watch? I bet Sarah watches it. That yes. seems right up her alley. Oh, she loves it. And I'm like, I don't know a thing about it. <laughs> but I, I kept calling it Bridging Town. I was like, what's it called? <laughs> Uh, uh, well, thank you, Ethan and Teacher Drew, for writing in. Uh, they both reach out to us via Instagram, slid into our DMs, scaring as sharing, all one word. You can also find us via email, scaring as sharing at gmail.com. Please write in. We'd love to hear from you. All right, yeah, tell I, me your news, Jeremy. I, I got to check some of those out. Um, so, horror news. Uh, what I have seen, I don't know if you saw this out there, but uh, number one 
Uh, it sounds like a lot of the chatter that's going around about the Nosferatu remake is not necessarily like solid. This is not rock solid information. Like, I don't think Willem Dafoe is officially attached. Oh, because um, I read a little interview blurb with uh, Robert Eggers about the project, uh, and he doesn't sound like he sounds cautiously pessimistic, <laughs> if you will, about the movie because he's like, it's fallen apart twice before. So and the ghost like, is telling him not to do it. And that's what he said. He's like, maybe it's the ghost of F.W. Murnau telling me I, <laughs> I love should that. not should not remake his movie because he said it actually has been. It's kind of a big deal that Harry Styles walked away because it's thrown everything uh, out of whack about, you know, getting this thing back on track. He said funding has fallen apart twice in the past, uh, so he's not sure he's ever going to make it. Oh boy! Uh, but hopefully that's just him being, you know, setting expectations low and this thing is going to come through because I would really love to see his take yes. on Nosferatu. So it looks like uh, David Cronenberg's new movie dropped a trailer. So Papa, Papa Cronenberg is coming back to the full-on world of body horror. That's what uh, friend of the podcast, Nico, told me. He's like, I don't know if you're still not watching trailers, but dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to watch it. You can watch it and it won't because I have no fucking clue what's going okay. on in this movie. But it's titled, interestingly, too, because I had to jump online and figure out what was going on with that. It's called Crimes of the Future. But not, not many people are chatting about this, but I'm one of those nerds. I've never actually seen it. But David Cronenberg's second feature film ever was a flick called Crimes of the Future. Oh. Uh, yep, when he was an indie Canadian filmmaker. Well, I guess he's still a Canadian filmmaker, but when he was part of the Canada's like underground, very independent scene, his second feature was a movie called Crimes of the Future that had something to do with, you know, it was body horror with plastic surgeons or something like that. I've never mm. actually seen it, but uh, yeah, I was like, so did he remake it? That's what everyone was kind of thinking, but no, apparently he's just using the same title and some similar themes, but Weird. this isn't, a, this is a different. Yeah. I was like, that's such a bizarre thing to like make another movie, the same title as a movie you made before, but it's not actually a remake, but it's yeah. kind of thematically similar. So like, I, I'm interested by that, which was something he said he was going to do with the fly a few years back hmm. where he was going, he had like a pitch or actually he had a script, I think, uh, but failed to secure the funding for it. But he was going to do another, the fly, which wasn't a remake of his remake of the fly, but just another iteration of a similar story again, titled the fly. So I'm like, so okay. is he like, is he feeling super postmodern where he's just going to start like riffing on his own work, <laughs> like re adapting new versions of it. So I don't know, but looks crazy. So I'm interested to see what happens because he's been away from like straight horror for a while. So yeah, yeah, I'm into that. And I think I had one more thing, but it totally slipped my Well, mind. I have another one and then, um, and then I'll see if it comes back to you. Uh, I don't know if you read about this or not, but there's this theater company called Encore Musical Theater Company that's here in Michigan. It's out in mm -hmm. Dexter. And they will be premiering a Lon Chaney bio musical called A Thousand Faces. Cool. Yeah. So we um, should definitely see it. Yeah, I want to see that. That sounds cool. Oh, and I remember what the last thing was. Um, was the fact that Spirit Halloween, the store we all know and love, yes. made a movie. I know. I was like, is this April Fool's late? Like, what's yep. going on here? But no, I, I it, think I'm down for that. Me too. It's it's for real. It's uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd is the star power behind it. Uh, and it's, uh, I guess, the premise 
that I found online is that it's going to be like a family, I think probably in the vein of like the Goosebumps movies, uh, you know, or something like that, where it's going to be a family, all ages kind of movie, but uh, some kids or whatever get stuck in a spirit Halloween overnight that is haunted. Uh, and they That's have to awesome. like, they have to fight the animatronics and decorations that all come alive and attack. It's so them. clever of Spirit Halloween to do that. Yeah, and I was Absolutely. like, that is that's a no brainer. Like, how has no one made that exact movie before? Like, because most companies would not like they'd be too scared to like lend their name to a movie to mm-hmm. literally be the representation in the movie. Yeah, like I just feel, but I think Spirit Halloween probably has enough. I don't know, wherewithal, I don't know if that's the right term. Yeah. <laughs> Enough self-reflection to be like, this is a really clever marketing move. Yeah. And, it, and it we'll makes do perfect. nothing but make our company bigger. Yeah, absolutely. And it, 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 yeah, it just works. Like, I am a sucker for those kinds of movies. Like, I love monsters and I love a movie where you can just find a way to kind of organically fit in a ton of different monsters. Much like uh, the Goosebumps movie with Jack Black, where that was, you know, all the creatures from all the books come alive. Uh, or sure. or uh, from the 80s, Waxworks, which was a fun one where, you know, they're trapped in a wax museum and every display is a different monster or horror situation. And they keep traveling from different, like they jump into a werewolf movie, then a vampire, then like Jack the Ripper. <laughs> it's cool. Mm-hmm. So I like I like that. Speaking of horror stores, there's one out in Clinton Township, Michigan, called Screamers Costumes, and I we follow them on Instagram. Their store looks amazing, and they're open year-round, mm-hmm. and we have to go there. We we need to. I follow them on, like, Facebook as oh well God. or something. I know. And... I follow them all over the place, and I'm just glancing at their Instagram right now and realizing that they have a post about the movie I'm going to give you today, like right at the top, which is wow. so funny. I Very did not cool. even know. I just pulled it up and I'm like, oh, that's a sign that I picked the right movie. Awesome. Yep. Uh, the only other thing I was curious about, because it popped up somewhere or I came across it somehow. Have you seen the Food of the Gods movies? Like the from the 70s or I think or one's something? from the late 70s and one's from the 80s. Food of the Gods there's like rats become bigger and things like that and cockroaches and then food of the gods too seems a little more like funny 80s yeah i saw i remember i see i saw the first one as a kid like i remember the uh giant rats and thinking of this was scary as hell like (laughs) i think it's a part of terror in the aisles and that's the only way i've seen it but it always looks so funny to me especially i watched a trailer for the second one and i was like this looks like such fun yeah the giant animals movie like it's sort of like um there's another one, uh, Night of the Lepus, which yeah. was about giant Bunnies, killer rabbits. rabbits. Yeah. yeah. Another one that I thought was like, oh, this is horrifying as like a kid when it would play on like daytime, you know, mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon TV. But as an adult, you're like, this is the corniest crap I've ever seen. So. And when your brother, Bert, wrote in and asked about zombie films and I said the thing about like animal zombies, I forgot about that movie, which I've never seen, Zombievers. Zombievers, yeah. Have you seen it? I've seen it. Is it fun? It's insane. Like, I remember it being a ton of fun. So uh, I did think about, like, I should put that on the list and give that to you sometime. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I would be down for that. It seems like like trashy fun. Well, I think you're going to be excited about what I'm giving you today. So, Well, good. And <laughs> did you watch the trailer for the One Cut of the Dead remake? 
No. I think it's just called Z or something. Mm. And I think it's from the director who did The Artist, that movie that won the Academy Award some years ago. Oh, it's like wow. French. It's not American. Wild. But, yeah, it's just called Z. Mm. Cool. And yeah, there is a, or Final Cut, maybe it's Final Cut. I don't know. I'm a little confused by all the stuff I'm reading, but maybe it's Final Cut. I don't know why I've seen Z somewhere as well, which is called no. Z in well, French sure. and Final, okay. It's called Z in French and Final Cut in English, but it I was going to say, yeah, it'll get retitled in different markets, so. But I'm I'm excited. So yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to see that. I would be less interested if it was just an American remake because we yeah. know the track record for that. So I'm interested yeah. to see a different country's film industry tackle it and see yeah, what they do with I am it. Too. So, and I can't think of any French zombie movies off the top of my head. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's got to be some. But... Did you watch anything? No, I just watched Big Brother Australia season I, <laughs> I wanted to mention um, that I finally have finished because it's such a, you know, it took a couple sittings, but I watched In Search of Darkness Part 2. Oh, nice. Uh, which actually I liked more than the first one. Probably because it covered some of those lesser known movies that you're yep. a big fan of. No, exactly. they did talk about Maniac Cop 2, am I right? No, they talked about Maniac Cop 1 in oh, Part 2. Yeah. They didn't talk about... They mentioned 2. Where they about say like how like what happened with Bruce Campbell is that what yeah. they talk about? Okay, yes. okay, okay. I knew I'd seen it, and I thought it was on part two about that. Yeah, it is because uh, the, the the selection is actually about the first movie. Oh, because part two is nineteen ninety anyway. Yes, because so then it they technically an eighties movie. Yeah, but then they talk to Tom Atkins, and he tells some stories about uh, Bruce Campbell and him talking about like part two, okay. uh, and then and then one of the other talking heads, I think it's the guy, he's like an editor from Fangoria or something. He has an aside where he goes off about how like, but part two uh, is you know uh, Bill Lustig's masterpiece and blah blah blah. So they fit in like a bunch of chatter about okay. part two into the discussion of one. But yeah, I think that was exactly it. I think the first in search of darkness. Because, uh, of course, you're going to go with the more famous movies for your first documentary about 80s horror movies. I think there's just too many stories that I'm like, I already know this, already know, because I'm a fan of most of these movies. So, like, yes. it was a lot of stories I'd already heard or read about. And two went off into some weirder directions with some more obscure uh, movies and sequels and stuff. So I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah, well, but I liked fun. it a lot. I I want them to keep making those. Do some in search of darkness, like and maybe I think they in, are. I think they're doing the seventies. The seventies, yeah, do the seventies. So. I would love to see like the early nineties because I feel like that's an oft you know forgotten time period where there was some interesting stuff. So I would love that too. Yeah, I hope yep. it happens. I hope it happens. But that's it. That's what I wanted to shout out. Well, cool. Well, let's um, get to our shares. So if you've never listened before, Jeremy and I each give the other person a movie that they've never seen before. We watch them, we come back, and we talk about them. And that, that's really it. We have an elusive list we refer to sometimes that we do. If yep. we think of a movie that the other person hasn't watched, we put it on there. So if we talk about the list, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, we track these things. Yeah. Um, it, it'd be fun one day. We should make like a fake physical thing and then like, Take a picture of it, put it on Instagram. The list. The, like, the infamous list. <laughs> this is the list. So yeah, sorry guys, it's not a physical thing. It's digital, but it's maybe digital. we should maybe we should create a big scroll right on <laughs> in like crimson lettering. And with blood. With blood in the list. Um, but anyway, my selection for you, because I go first this week. You do. 
My selection for you is the 2006 Black Sheep. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, the, like, the Black Sheep of Horror, this movie. That's no, it. just it's the just movie called... Black Sheep. So... But not the Chris Farley David Spade vehicle. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, okay, I am very intrigued. Um, it's a horror comedy. I do know that much. And... I feel like it's from the people who did Shaun of the Dead. So I think it's like British or from New Zealand or something like that. I, th I feel like it's foreign. And I think it is like these animals have are infected with the rage, you know, of okay. some nature. They're, they, they're zombies. They're evil. I think that people will be like, oh, cute sheep. And then they're going to get tore apart. There's going to be multiple scenes of like a bunch of these sheep coming in and just like pulling, tearing someone apart. I hope it's really gory. I hope that it's fun in that regard. But regardless, I thought it always sounded like fun. Although, as we've mentioned, I'm not like huge into horror comedy. It's not like what I'm immediately drawn to, but I usually have a good time. I'm not like close to it. I'm just sort of unavailable to it. There's a, there's a difference. Yeah. But yeah, I, I that's probably why I haven't seen it. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Good. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years and years, so we'll see what my reaction is now. That's always yeah. fun to revisit and see how my opinion changes. So cool. And I think it's gonna have that famous last shot where like we think we've run all the sheep off of a you know a, a buffalo run, you know, all off yep. the side of a cliff. Off a cliff. And, and then they're gonna be like, Oh, we're all good. And then you're gonna see a sheep in the sheep in the distance like lift its face up with like its red eyes, and then it's gonna go to credits with some like rock song. That's yep. how I imagine the end to be. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, and I'm giving you a movie that I cannot believe you have not seen. Ooh. From 1991, Popcorn. Oh, okay. Popcorn. I know of this. Um, it's a movie that uh, I feel like a lot of people I didn't know existed until like a few years back where it had a big... Uh, uh, resurgence all of a sudden i feel like it was one of those movies that um you know it came out on like video and then just never appeared on any other home video format which is always a surefire way to make the horror nerds like suddenly praise it like it's the holy grail of like this is a lost masterpiece and we're never going to get to see it again and then it like came out on like blu-ray and a bunch of people went crazy for it it's a slasher movie i think in a movie theater because uh, popcorn, you know, movie theater, and like people are getting killed at a haunted or, you know, terrorized movie theater by some sort of Phantom of the Opera type character. That's what I think it's about. Why people are going to this movie theater where people keep getting murdered, I don't know, but I'm sure some hilarity will ensue and uh, it'll be a gory good time. Now, on a similar note, because I get them mixed up in my head sometimes, have you seen Matinee? Yes, I have John seen Goodman. Matinee. I have okay. seen Matinee, and I love Matinee. Okay, yeah, I get them mixed up in my head, or sometimes I'm thinking of one and it's really the other. Yeah. But but yeah, that was fun, because that was like John Goodman, right? Yep, John Goodman. Joe Dante directed that one, okay. Matinee. Yep. I just remember, like, they did, like, a, a them thing, something with, like, giant ants, didn't they? Yeah, Mant. Mant. Did they make their own movies, like, for this movie theater? Is that what it was about? matinee was kind of uh it's definitely a coming of age like period piece it's like horror okay. tangential because it's not okay. really a horror movie but it's about kids that are like big fans of this director john goodman who came to town to premiere his new movie um, i want to rewatch that that sounds which is, like fun which is the movie mant part man part ant 
all terror. <laughs> That's amazing. And it makes me wish that movie actually existed. Yeah, because it came out two years after Popcorn. So that's why I think of them in my head because they're both yep. movie theaters and horror and. Yep. Yeah, I should rewatch that. That sounds yeah. like fun. Matinee is a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. Well, let's watch these flicks and let's uh, come back and let's uh, talk about them. Hell yeah. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Back again. Guess who's back? Tell a friend and more Guess friends. Tell back. everybody. <laughs> we talk about Eminem more than like I, I feel like we should, but I guess we're from Detroit, so yeah. So you know, we're just repping hometown, <laughs> a hometown hero. I, I don't know why I say we're back either because I do it all the time. But literally, we've been gone for like seconds, barely but, seconds. But still, for we're the back because to us, it's been days. But um. In case you guys are wondering, if you're new, there's some insider baseball talk uh, about our recording schedule. But yeah, um, brah, baseball talk. Now we're going to talk about the movies. Yeah. And first up was my selection, Black Sheep from 2006, as I joked earlier, and not the David Spade, Chris Farley vehicle, although that is also a fun movie. And so Black Sheep, the tagline on Letterboxd is there are over 40 million sheep in New Zealand and they're pissed off. And the description is a genetic engineering experiment gone horribly awry turns a large flock of docile sheep into unrelenting killing machines. Yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. It's fun. I had flashes of dog soldiers and Mm -hmm. something what else? Uh, Shaun of the Dead a little bit. I mean, I know I mentioned that it has that feel. Yeah. I like how, I mean, it is a comedy, but it plays it fairly straight. It isn't like played for laughs. Yeah. At times, I guess a little bit, but it's earnest. I don't know if that's quite the right word, but it's what I'm going mm-hmm. with in my, my limited vocabulary. Uh, I'm not a man of great words. I um, think that's a good description, though. Earnest is quite the... Uh accurate descriptor of how this movie plays it but yeah i found it very enjoyable i found the characters likable there is something else though and i didn't write it down um it has a feel for that sort of thing and i i I enjoy it i i liked the goriness of it i liked the amount of guts we had yeah i found the effects to be pretty fun i wasn't expecting what happens to people like human beings that they were bit by the sheep to happen spoilers 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 (laughs) i was being very vague in that respect but yes you turn into a sheep and so and i guess i was a little unclear and maybe i missed it maybe it isn't fully fleshed out was the whole point of what they were doing that they could inject another animal to become a sheep I don't think so. Okay. Because um, I was thinking that too. I'm like, wait a minute. What was the point of the experiment? I okay. Okay. It. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm glad I, I was like, did I miss it? Like, I mean, they're, they're yeah. just, you know, I had subtitles, but they were off. So that was mm-hmm. obnoxious. So I was like, mm-hmm. did I miss it or what? Okay. No, I, I think the movie was just playing fast and loose with that sort of B movie trope where like, 
we need to make the perfect sheep because science. And then that's it. Like they don't tell you like why they wanted the perfect sheep or what they were doing with the sheep other than they were apparently pleasantly surprised that humans could turn into sheep because the scientists were pretty into that. They're like, oh my God, cool. So, and that reveal of like, when the, when his buddy takes the boot off and he's just got a sheep foot. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing yeah. gag. That it really is. And they're they're fun. I was fully expecting a Shaun of the Dead moment. And I won't say if you've not seen it who dies, but there's a very poignant moment in it with a death that I love. That's one of my like when I think about Shaun of the Dead, that is the scene I think of because it adds a level to it that isn't just like a parody or a satire it like actually has heart which is my favorite that's why i love the final girl so much because it has all of these layers it is all of these things and when a movie can do that i just love 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 it and i thought we were gonna have that here with a beloved character in this film and i'm glad that didn't happen <laughs> because while i love that sort of layering effect i don't want it all i don't want to always have to lose a character that i adore so much in a horror movie yes but i did i i loved the ant character or that right grandma yeah. aunt? aunt aunt yeah aunt, i think I, she, I think she was the aunt and i loved her very much so mm -hmm. and i found the beginning very fun and fucked up like i mean it sets up what a character this brother is like like he's a total douchebag yeah, and he just grows up to be a total douchebag. <laughs> yep. Doesn't stop. Nope. Uh, and a sheep fucker. <laughs> Apparently. And a sheep fucker. Uh-huh. Now, one question I have that's sort of nitpicky, but don't we get the impression that, what's her name, Evanescence Essential? Experience. Experience. <laughs> don't we get the impression, or doesn't she say she's like a vegetarian or something? Yes, I think okay. so. Because then the ant character brings her what she calls, it's not, she, it's like a mountain oyster. Yeah. Right? Yep. And she eats yep. it and then is disgusted by the fact that it's a ball. Uh-huh. But I don't think she'd eat a regular oyster either. Yeah, I mean, unless she's... Uh, Pescatarian? Well, yeah, pescat, but that's not vegetarian but i know i just thought she had said she was a vegetarian early and i just thought yeah. that that seemed like hmm. i thought so too i thought that tracked unless it's like part of yeah because she also doesn't want to hurt animals but then when the sheep go crazy when they like run that one over and she's like yes yeah that's true so i, I think she changes as the movie uh progresses and back in wyoming we do have something called rocky mountain oysters which are just those i think they're cow cow yeah. balls um, oh yeah and uh, i remember eating one once at a, a rod run which is the name of like the car shows we'd always go to because my dad had a 33 plymouth and so we'd go to these shows oh, these rod nice. runs and Very we went cool. to a lot of them i was usually fairly miserable not being into um, cars as you would yeah. so i'd read a lot of books that that was what i would do back then listen to my show tunes <laughs> such a little such a little queer bait. I love it. But I remember eating a Rocky Mountain oyster once, and it did just taste like chicken to me. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's fried. It's meat. Meat is meat. So I can't imagine it's. I've never <laughs> had one. Meat. I, I don't think I would be turned off to the experience because, you know, I eat all the other crap that comes out of most of these animals. So what. When did you see this movie first? You said it had been a while since you'd seen yeah, it, right? I've only seen this movie once ever before, and that was probably, oh, uh, like 
less than 10 years, but I'd say like five to seven years ago, something like that. Uh, let's say seven years ago is when I last <laughs> watched it about, uh, and like a buddy of mine had it on DVD and we watched it together. Uh, and I, I remember, this is another one of those movies where I felt like the first time I saw it, I was left pretty like, meh about it for some reason that experience i i didn't remember too terribly much other than like crazy special effects going on and sheep people but watching it this time i was like this is actually really good uh i feel with this experience i had a lot of i had a much better time this go around than last time from what i remember and i don't know what what happened or who knows but this time i i really liked it really into the special effects uh, the gore effects are great. The sheep yeah. people are awesome monsters. Uh, apparently, Weta Workshop did this. That's Peter Jackson's special effects company in New sense. Zealand. So, uh, you know, and they're like top of their game for practical effects and things like that. I mean, they do CGI as well, but their practical effects are awesome. So, um, yeah, they did a great job. Yeah, because it could have, like, this is a movie that Troma could have done. Absolutely. And it would have looked so different it would have been very cheap looking and could have been and would have gone over the top funny that's the thing it's like a trauma idea done by way of peter jackson yeah yeah because uh, again i'm sure people in new zealand are like there's a lot more to our film industry than just peter jackson and taika watiti <laughs> um but those are always you know the comparisons because they're the most internationally famous so i was thinking of Peter Jackson's early work, like Bad Taste or Dead Alive. Uh, this movie definitely feels like it nuzzles up perfectly with those, uh, especially in like humor. They like New Zealand's really good at that deadpan humor. Uh, yes. In horror. Like that seems to be their specialty is a horror movie with just this wonderful black humor running through it. Uh, and it just works perfectly. I thought of the other movie it reminded me of, and that is <clears throat> Slither. Yeah, yeah. It has that vibe, like especially oh, with kind of the bad guy, like very how much. like Elizabeth Bank, Elizabeth Banks, right? Yes. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks, and it's like her husband or boyfriend or her fiance husband, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and he's like he's... just like a douchebag, and he turns into that big monster. Yes. Like it just had that similar sort of feel with the uh, the brother character. Being, yeah, where like, it's somebody yeah. close to one of the main characters becomes the monster yes it had yeah. that vibe to me like i felt that they could live in the same you know fucked up family together yeah they could i haven't seen slither in forever that's i know i saw it in the movie theater and was shocked how much i liked it that's what yeah. i remember it's just being it, like, wow that was good that's when i have on dvd and have like revisited it a bunch of times but it's been a minute so i think it's due for a revisit in the near future yeah and i i was looking <sighs> The these folks haven't gone off and done a bunch of other things, have they? The not not that director. I saw the director. I think this is it. I think this is his like big thing. Yeah, there's like a couple other things on Letterbox, but very little. And this was his debut film. And I mean, we're talking 15 years ago. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's like, come on, you're very talented. Yeah. And look at this. So that was the DVD cover for the US. Oh my god. Which the makes the cover is so much better with them in the car with the sheep all around them. Yeah, this cuz this was put out by Dimension Extreme in the oh, US. Oh my god, of course it was. Yeah, who you know, of course treaded more in like the French uh new yep, extremity inside, type I films. Think, was by them. Yeah. Yeah, so this feels like they were trying to brand it as maybe that's why I 
I thought I was like left a little bit cold the first time I saw it because I was expecting something more in line with the extreme uh, like French flicks that Dimension Extreme was putting out. Uh, and instead I got this like much funnier, goofier thing. Uh, and yeah, the marketing that they did in the US for it, because this was straight to video in the US, of course. Uh, the marketing I feel they did didn't do justice to like what type of movie this actually was. They tried to make it more like a hardcore, unrated, hardcore movie. And it's like got good gore, but it's not that kind of film. So yeah. And spoiler, spoiler, spoilers again. I love that the friend lived because you thought mm -hmm. he was for sure doomed and he was just so sweet and endearing. Now question, I I don't remember, is he in the opening as like a younger character? I didn't think so. I, I thought think it was, was just the brothers. It's just the brothers. Okay, because I thought that they should have set that up a little better. Like yeah. it would have been more effective had we had some sort of sense of that relationship. And maybe I just missed it, but all of a sudden I'm like, oh wait, who's this guy? As opposed to being like, oh, okay. I did the same thing. I was like, okay. wait, wait, who's that guy again? It's like, oh, he's a childhood friend, but they just kind of like slip him in there real quick. And yeah. Very uh, quickly uh, set up. Oh, we have like a longstanding relationship. We're just like best friends or something like that, where you're like, oh, okay, I guess that works. But I would have liked if he was in the flashback or something as like a farmhand or something like that, that would have been uh, better, I think. And while I expected the end to be like, you know, some lone sheep lifts up their face and has red eyes. I got yeah. that sort of an ending with the dog, though. Yeah, where is the dog? You did. I was like, oh, he called it. Um, also, God, I cracked up every time they had a close up of just a sheep. Like, and somebody oh my God. Out. Like, they so made you sweet. They made you scared of those sheep. Oh, uh, and I love them. I'm like, oh, sheep are so fun and yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's sheep. Oh, no, it's eating that guy's face. Like, is the next scene. So. <laughs> I thought that was done so well. Like they played that gag perfectly. It, it makes me really want to see the movie Lamb because I still oh, haven't yeah. seen it. And uh, I'm just yeah. so curious because it doesn't look at all like a horror movie, but it's often lumped in those best yeah. of in regards to that. So I'm sounded, very curious. sounded pretty divisive because I read a lot of like user reviews on things where people were either turned off by like how art house it is or they were into how weird it is so yeah uh yeah that'd be a good one when you were guessing uh what this movie was about and all that you said from england got the country wrong new zealand um and you also thought perhaps the people behind Shaun of the dead or somebody from that was involved in this and i think I know where that idea came from for you because I was looking at uh, like the DVD covers and like the marketing material, at least for the US release was like, if you love Shaun of the Dead, you'll love this movie. Like that was constantly yes, that plastered on everything. So I think that's where that idea popped in your head. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so, I, I very much enjoyed yeah. it. I would watch Shaun of the Dead over this if given, you know, uh, yeah. would you rather, but mm -hmm. I highly recommend this film and I do think it's uh, a, a really fun ride and it's like an hour and a half. It's not t terrible. It yeah. doesn't overstay its welcome. Nope. Yeah, just good stuff. So um, I guess out of five uh, mutant sheep fetuses, oh. uh, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it three and a half fetuses. Wow, wow, we tied. I'm also doing three and a half. All right, we got another. Scare of approval. That's yeah. so satisfying. When I know, we... we keep just syncing up. Like, yeah. our, we are synced. Like, sorority sisters yeah. on their menstrual cycles. We are, are. You and I. 
our our horror cycles are totally synced <laughs> our up right horror now. cycles are totally <laughs> synced up oh, right now oh so. my god that is our new thing our horror cycles mm-hmm. <laughs> i love it so much all right well let's go a little bit back in time which always just shocks me when we do it that way when I, you give me a more recent film than yep. i give you yeah back to 1991 to popcorn directed by mark harrier and the tagline is buy a bag go home in a box which is just (laughs) fantastic Mm -hmm. and the description a horror film festival held in a theater which was once the scene of a tragic fire turns into a real life horror show so what did you think cool uh i thought this movie kind of rocked uh (laughs) i was uh I was into this, man. I got hooked like from the get go. I was like, oh, this is like my aesthetic. Totally. Perfectly. Like watching this thing, I was sitting there like, oh my God, how did I not know about this movie in like college? This is totally the sort of thing me and my horror loving buddies were always looking for, like these types of movies to watch together. Somewhat cheesy, but cool, slashery type stuff. That's just the perfect like communal viewing especially from the 80s into the early 90s like there was just a lot of fun stuff going on uh and this movie lives up to that yes and i mean it has a montage like a music montage it has wigs Mm -hmm. it has psychedelic effects crazy killer crazy killer oh and he died like not too long after this movie came out he died when he was 40 that actor and as soon as i saw him i'm like how do i know that guy and then i looked up his filmography and he was in my girl which is like Mm -hmm. one of my all-time favorites i went on a date with sammy stroh to see it sammy is a girl this is when i was in like eighth grade and we went to a swim meet and then we went to see my girl together and i cried like a little baby um but he is in veda veda's like writing class because you just can't forget him he's so such a unique character Mm -hmm. tom villard thank you tom villard loved him and also kelly joe minter i love her so much she is from nightmare on elm street five right yes five i think five yep and spoiler alert spoiler alerts she lives in Nightmare on Elm Street 5, and she also lives in this movie. So I'm like, that's right. Let's have some 90s films where the Black characters aren't killed first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, I just love her. I wish she would have had more to do in this film, but I still, anytime I see her, I love her. I love her in People Under the Stairs. I love her voice. I think she's gorgeous, and I just, I, I love her. I want more yeah, of her she, all the time. Fantastic. And of course, D. Wallace. D. Wallace. As soon as I saw D. Wallace, man, I'm a huge D. Wallace fan. <laughs> With that so. hair. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my God, D. Wallace is in this. I am so, she, she looms large in uh, my scary movie you know what set me on the path of being obsessed with horror movies she's like my movie mom in my mind because yes. i always think of et cujo and the howling all the movies howling. all movies i saw as a child even et all of them freaked me out when i saw them because of you know they all got their cujo and the howling obviously but et is pretty scary too as a kid so uh but d wallace is there to guide you through all of those so <laughs> uh yeah i connect real quick as soon as she's on screen yeah and jill sholin shaylin whatever her name is still don't love her even though i you know had a double dose in about a month of her Mm. still just can't get behind her 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm looking at this now and I'm like, oh yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, she's in Phantom of the Opera, which we just covered. And yeah, did that not very, click when you were watching that this? That did not click whatsoever. <laughs> she's very That's sorry. how unforgettable she is. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. I was like, that chick seems kind of familiar. I don't know what, and we had just seen her, so sorry, she's not that memorable. Everybody now, else in this movie is fantastic. Though. Fantastic. Have you ever been to... A movie theater where there was some sort of gimmick involved like in this movie no and i want to i know that was like the golden age of like the 60s the 50s yeah, like, like smell vision and all yeah, that way bigger i think that kind of stuff held on even into the 70s but like it's just been gone for decades that kind of stuff and i think they should bring it back i do too what fun and, i bet they're more worried about things like lawsuits and stuff yeah everyone yeah. will use any excuse to do that now yeah, absolutely. Um, I was reading about the uh, uh, I went on the Wikipedia for this movie and there's like a whole section uh, called analysis. Oh, uh, where this this movie apparently has gotten a whole bunch of uh, uh, who is this guy? Yeah, this film or it says he's a literary critic, but apparently he's done some heavy analysis of this movie and they have like all of his stuff in there, like talking about the references, like the movies within a movie. He's very interested in those and those are very well done, uh, you know, making fun of very specific styles of old uh, uh, cheesy late night horror thon type fare. So I thought that was fascinating. It seemed like they put together this festival pretty quickly, though, and they filled yeah. up that theater. It's yeah, like, what the oh. hell? <laughs> Although I it just looked like heaven. Like, I'm like, that looks like so much fun. I know. Like, I was like, I all these be people know these movies. Like, come on, give me a break. Can I be in this movie? I want to <laughs> live in this world. Um, yeah. And that killer at the end. What a, what a Toby. What a cool character. Yeah, that was really cool. And some like, fun death scenes, some cheesy early 90s death scenes. Yeah, death scenes. Uh, one thing, though, that I was thinking, like, is the movie ever going to explain this? And it doesn't. It's when, okay, spoilers, guys. When Dee Wallace goes to the theater, when she gets the call to, like, meet there, uh, and then, like, magically the, uh, the marquee changes... Yeah, uh, and you're like, it, it, what is that? Is that a dream? Was it actually supernatural? Because there are no other supernatural elements in this movie. You think there are, uh, right. and then yeah. So and then it's uh, very Scooby Doo. Yeah, uh, which I I liked. I like that kind of whoop. You know, it had a sort of a Jalo esque feel at that mm -hmm. point, like a Dario Argento movie or something like that, where you think some crazy supernatural some ghosts and shit are going on but other things are at play that you're like oh wow cool it is scooby-doo uh and it just works <laughs> but that's the only element where you're like there's no explanation for that so i don't know and then like this is also the the second film in a matter of weeks where we've watched someone like removing people's faces and wearing them on their own i mean even uh -huh. though they don't literally do that here it's more like a, a mold and whatever but i'm like yeah. it's like veronica <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like face, face stealing is uh, uh, kind of it. And then also when we did Phantom of the Opera, the Robert yeah. England. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's become a pretty common theme for the movies we're watching right now. That's what 2022 is all about, wearing someone else's face. Yeah, and I guess if we want to stretch Texas it chainsaw. to and Texas Chainsaw too, so yeah. I've decided watching this film that that is a creepy thing for me when someone is dead and sort of being used as like a puppet. 
or mm-hmm. like made to be alive when they're really not like i've that and not like a reanimation like through magic but like uh that sort of same way that the texas chainsaw remake from mm-hmm. the early 2000s did that with eric balfour's face yeah like that sort of thing is really eerie to me like where mm-hmm. you know it's not real as the person watching it but that people are sp- i don't know it's really eerie i think that's really creepy yeah it works i think so like, i'm adding it to my list of ethan's what really oh, freaks you out and what really movies. freaks you out yep when a character you know is dead their faces on somebody else <laughs> oddly specific but it happens frequently as we're learning so yeah i found it really creepy when she comes to like talk to her friend and like he's obviously like holding her up and mm. she's like Shh, yeah the movie's going on and he's like using her like a puppet so creepy. i laughed out loud i was like that's so <laughs> weird but it's the total like he's like oh shit i gotta trick this guy now just hold the body up and do a voice i guess <laughs> Uh, hey, I do like creepy. towards the end when he starts kind of losing his shit because I think I don't know I feel like you get used to these horror movie killers well often they're just silent like Michael Myers or Jason so you don't get any insight into like their internal uh, like mental workings but this guy is so verbal and as things start to fall apart at the end he's running around like oh shit it's not supposed to happen this way <laughs> so I liked watching the, the, the villain of the movie loses shit and again, if you're just skipping forward after we say spoiler a little bit, I'm going to do another spoiler. I think that it's also works out so well, the setup that he couldn't be the killer. Like, I think you're supposed to believe it is like a ghost, like a supernaturally sort of thing. But mm-hmm. like, you never once consider that he's the killer because of that moment where he gets locked out of the theater, yeah. which is so smart to just have that be a moment mm-hmm. and to show it. Cause the kill, like that could have just happened to him as the killer and it did, but like, you just never, you always consider him to be like that. Like, not down and out, but like the character who's like, you know, like, come on, don't, yeah. you know, don't do that to him, you know? Yeah. yeah. Not that they lock him out. He just accidentally gets locked out, but it just, it's a, such a smart thing in a setup for who not to suspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you never it, do. Well done. Uh, and I think my favorite character was his landlord uh-huh when they go to his apartment and it's just the drunk old dude that's like i should have kicked him out months ago and blah, yes. blah, blah. And he's like and look at this painting he's a shitty painter too and i'm like oh man he's sassy i like this guy yeah i yeah it was a good time i i enjoy yeah, it i had a I mean, blast it's just sort this. of silly early 90s fun but yeah. the, as soon as the music montage came in, the music, we have to talk about the music because there's like that credit song that I think plays another time or two. And there's yeah. some like 90s song about scary movies that is just ridiculous. They they do the like, uh, you know, what is it? What is it? That's like Friday night at the movies, like that yes. pop song, but like yeah. as a reggae like song. <laughs> and then there's a reggae band that comes and plays yes. like at the movie uh marathon which is awesome i was trying to find out if that was a real band i couldn't find anything on google i was like is this an actual band like am i supposed to know who this was uh but they were awesome yeah 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 it was great i want i want to go to this movie marathon like i want it to happen maybe that's our calling we have to make this happen at some we have to make it happen planet ant planet ant let's do it (laughs) let's make a movie about a giant ant And it could be or uh, ants that destroy people, and we'll call it Planet Ant the movie, and we'll Planet Ant the horror movie. I love it. 
And then we'll also get a couple other movies. Do the smell o vision, mm-hmm. electrocute people. Yeah. I don't know. Spritz people with water. Because aren't there movies that like they would have like fog come in or mist? I think yeah. that's a thing. A, a lot of the stuff they did in this movie too, like in the theater, they were calling back to the director producer William Castle. Uh, yes. Because a, a lot of his stuff had the gimmicks like in screenings of the original house on haunted hill uh they would have like scenes with the ghosts uh, like skeleton the fake skeleton would fly over the audience like sweep over people's heads um his movie the tingler they did the electric seats thing like to when the tingler was out going to get people they would zap people in the audience so it felt like it was crawling up their uh backside so yeah, and that's also clever just with this day and age of how many movie theaters are. It's like almost impossible to put something like that. That's why th- 3D glasses are easy because they can mm-hmm. just reuse them and it's something easy enough to just hand out to people. Whereas something like this, you'd have to equip certain theaters certain ways, which is why something like a film festival where you're doing something in one theater and setting it up could yeah. really work if you came in with your own ideas and were able to implement them, even if they hadn't been initially a part of what that movie would have done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I love that. Yeah. Cool. And I felt like this movie felt like it could comfortably sit in like a double feature with, oh, uh, what's it called? Why am I forgetting the name? Angst? Was that? No, not angst. Anguish. Uh, anguish. Thank you. Anguish. Uh, anguish in this, uh, I think, would be an awesome pairing. Yeah. And I saw someone on Letterboxd talk about, it said, outside of Demons and Anguish, this may be the best horror film set in a theater. Yeah, yeah, because I always forget Demons is also set at a screening for a horror movie. So, And they were showing Possessor, not the uncut version, but Possessor. Yeah, Possessor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrea Rasborough. No, mm-hmm. she wasn't really in it, but I saw that and thought, wouldn't that be fun? And there's also actually a movie called Mosquito. Oh. That I very quickly had to look up and confirm Mosquito. The, the the movie Mosquito, the real movie Mosquito, came out after this movie. Okay. Um, and Mosquito is a uh, mid-90s. It came out in like 95. Filmed in the Detroit area. Oh. Um, like independent movie about killer mosquitoes. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, and it also features a gag, though, a very similar gag to what's in the fake movie when the mosquito, like, sucks the blood out of the guy and he turns into, like, this desiccated corpse. Like, they do that gag in the real movie Mosquito, too. So. Okay. I if they saw this flick and were inspired to use it in their movies. So. Probably. I would yeah, imagine most, so. Most likely. Well, out of five giant killer mosquitoes, mm. how many would you give popcorn? Popcorn gets... I'm going to give it four. I'm feeling generous. Just All right. Four. I'm going to give it three and a half. I had a lot of fun with it, so I'm going to give but it still, four. But still, a second. Scare of approval. Yeah. Double yeah. header. Double fisted. Scare we of did, approval. We did it again. Did it again. Yeah, c- come on, give me something more challenging. Oh, no. I know. Did wait, I say wait. that? No. No, no. Okay, I'm going to look for something just awful. <laughs> no. I mean, I feel like it's good after both of us having to sit through Veronica that we're <laughs> cleansing our souls, cleansing ourselves with some good movies for a yes. while. And then, you know, I'm sure we'll find some difficult watches. Yes. Down the line. So 
but always fun. Please, we'd love to hear from you. Scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, scaring is sharing. Slide into our DMs. Buy our merch. You can go to our link tree, which is on our Instagram. We would love to see that. Tess just posted her picture with yeah. her wearing our shirt. So I saw cool. It. I was excited. Thank you, Tess. Yes, you are a wonderful. friend of the podcast. Mandy got hers and said it. It's really cool and looks great. So awesome. super excited. You guys rock. Yes. So keep coming back, as they say in AA, and scaring is sharing. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you know what? Evil dies tonight. So oh, yeah. you stole you my thing. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Hail Paymon and keep watching those scary movies and talking about them and writing into us because scaring is sharing. Da 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 da. Bye. <laughs> This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.